Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander, the crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet, all hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Ah, well, hey, yes, that's me. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a great day, to, uh, great show today. And uh, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Brenda Braxton. Brenda was nominated for a Tony Award, is an NAACP Theater Awardee, the City of Chicago's Jefferson Awardee, and a Grammy Award winner for Best Cast Album. Brenda has starred in Guys and Dolls, Smokey Joe's Cafe, Jelly's Last Jam, Cats, Legs Diamond, and the original production of Dream Girls. Her TV credits include Nurse Jackie, Smash, and The Good Fight on CBS All Access, and it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say Brenda Braxton is what's hot. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I've done some stuff, huh? <laughs> oh, yes. And I, hey, I, I've left out three pages uh, of, of, of stuff. I tried to condense it as best yeah. I could. But, but we're going to talk about uh, your life, career, and uh and all the shenanigans that you've been up to, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. So thank you for coming. And uh, as I ask all of my guests every week, let us take the Wayback Machine. Okay. Let us go back to what it was like being little Brenda Braxton. Oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> little Brenda Braxton from the Bronx, Borough of Progress. Single parent household, started dancing when I was three years old at Ruth Williams Dance School, which was here in Harlem. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, went to Catholic school, but then in the eighth grade, when it was time to, to choose what high school we wanted to go to, my um, guidance counselor knew that I loved dancing, and he mm -hmm. asked if I knew about the High School of Performing Arts. And of course, I didn't. But he got me all the paperwork. I en ended up having to audition. I choreographed my own little three-minute piece. I didn't even tell my mom, because I was like, I don't want to jinx it. Mm -hmm. But I ended up getting in and, of course, spent four years at Performing Arts High School. And about a year out of high school, I, I went to City College for mm -hmm. about a year the Leonard Davis Center. Um, and then I got my first Broadway show, which was kind of awesome, which was the all black version of Guys and Dolls uh, featuring Ken Page, uh, uh, Ernestine Jackson, mm. uh, James Randolph, uh, oh, oh, Robert Guillaume. It was an amazing cast. So that was my very, very first Broadway show in 1976. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Get down. You know, my my first print ad that I did was with Ernestine Jackson. And oh. It was for Polaroid. Oh, my God. Yes. And I literally just saw her back in, I think, October. She looks amazing. And she's still singing. Yeah, she's such a pretty, pretty lady. Fantastic. Okay, now continue, please. Oh, okay. So that was my first uh, Broadway show. Mm -hmm. I I uh, let me see. I danced with Chuck Davis in his company, in his dan African dance company, and danced with um, uh, Fred Benjamin. Mm -hmm. uh, I did the Wiz movie that really, yes. I'm one of 
400 dancers that, <laughs> that did the Wiz movie. I it, thought I saw you in that. I know. <laughs> I know, but it was a great experience. Um, so I did that. And then I actually joined the uh, troupe with Vanette Carroll. I don't know if people are familiar with Vanette Carroll. She did your arms too short to box with God. Oh, don't yes, okay. Hope. She was a, a, a wonderful director. So I uh, worked at her urban arts core for a couple of years. And that's where I met um, an amazing group of people, which included Kiki Shepard. Really? Uh, Kiki? Yeah. Oh. Kiki is a good, good friend of mine. You know, Miss, Miss Vanna Black, we called her because she was, <laughs> Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Kiki. Oh, so, yeah. Kiki, Reginald Vell Johnson, mm-hmm. um, uh, Clinton and Cleavant Derricks. And Cleavant Derricks won the Tony Award Dream Girls. He was the original James Thunder early on Broadway. Ah. What for that? And we had a great group. It was about six of us. And it was a great group of us working with Vanette. Vanette Carroll was also, I believe, the first. Uh, African-American woman to be nominated for a Tony Award for directing a play, not even a musical. Oh, so really? There's a little Black history tidbit right there. Right, well, since we're still in Black history. Month. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I worked with them for a while. We did a version of uh, a show called Alice with Debbie mm-hmm. Allen, and we did it out in uh, Philadelphia. And it was supposed to come in. Mike Nichols was producing it and Vanette and Mike had an argument and we ended up closing in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But um, I learned a lot from Vanette Carroll. I, I would say most of my theater etiquette mm-hmm. I learned working with Vanette Carroll, you know, working for free. Folks don't work for free anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so, but sometimes that is the best That's way the best. Yes. to get in and, and learn what you may want to become. Absolutely. And and speaking of that, back then you did everything you could. You did lights, you helped with costumes, you did makeup, you did everything you could do to learn your craft. Um, I'm not sure nowadays that's happening. You know, if you're an actor now, you're an actor. That's it. Not, <laughs> props? What? I'm not doing any props. <laughs> I'm not a stagehand. You know, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. But back then you did everything, which leads me to another show I did, Lena Horn, Lady and Her Music. Mm. I was a production assistant on that. You were? Production, mm-hmm, production assistant basically is a gopher. Wait, 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 wait. When Lena Horn did her one woman show. You were a gopher. You used to go for coffee, go for donuts, whatever they they needed. Whatever she needed. I would also type out her lyrics for her in a bigger font, you know, so that she could read her lyrics while she was rehearsing. Really? That was back before computers. So literally typewriter, carbon paper, white out. I mean, <laughs> we're talking. Woo. Well, I have a I have a Lena Horn story if you have time. Did you have time to hear it? I do. <laughs> you got anywhere to you got anywhere to go? <laughs> no, you know, uh, when she was doing that one woman show, they invited me and I'm going to tell this story, ladies and gentlemen, and please forgive me, but I'm going to tell this story. Uh they her management uh, called and asked me if I'd like to have tickets to see Lena Horn. I said, sure. And so uh, they gave me three tickets. I took two young ladies with me and we sat in the uh, second row dead center. And so I, I, I could, you know, I, the show is fabulous. So after the show, they came and they asked 
Mr. Alexander, would you like to uh, go backstage and, and meet Lena Horne? I said, sure. So the three of us go backstage or where, where, where she was standing. And as I'm approaching, I see she's standing there with Aretha Franklin. Ooh. So as I approach, <clears throat> excuse me, her management says, uh, uh, Ms. Horn, I'd like to introduce you to G. Keith Alexander. And as I got ready to say hello to Ms. Horn, uh-huh. Aretha Franklin says, you're G. Keith Alexander? And I said, yes. And she says, I used to lay on the couch with my legs wide open listening to you on the radio. I was what? so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. What? I'm standing there with Miss with, 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 with Lena Horn, so demure and so classy looking. I was so embarrassed. I, I, I didn't know what to say. Uh, oh, ain't we, ain't we. <laughs> <laughs> we don't share those things. True story, boy. I'm telling wow. you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, you know, it's funny. That group back then, I remember when I was doing the um, the Wiz movie, and we were out at the Old World Trade Center, and there was a mm-hmm. restaurant out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking into the restaurant, and there was Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And so I walked up to him. And I was like, Mr. Pry, I am just so happy to be here, you know, working on this with you. He whispered the most disgusting thing <laughs> into my ear. <laughs> I stood there like. <laughs> Thank you. And I just kind of walked away. I mean, it was the most disgusting disgusting sexual thing he he'd truly be in jail right now because i was like did he really just say that to me and then he just sat there like nothing happened <laughs> well like, well you know uh since we're not on uh, terrestrial uh radio or television if you'd like to 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 give us a hint as to what he oh, said oh no 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 <laughs> trust me it was worse than what aretha said really Oh, yeah, it was everything he wanted to do to mm. me, with me, by me, next to me. <laughs> and I just stood there. I was what? I was 20, 20 really? years old. And just, okay. And I just went off. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, I'm, oh, jeez. Uh, it was horrible. It was I was devastated, mm, 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 mm. but it was fun. Well, so all right. So now we we, we okay. Now t- continue on. Give okay, us more. So we finished with Lena Horne and Lady mm-hmm. and Her Music. That was like 1980 around then. Mm-hmm. And then I um, auditioned for a little show called Dream Girls, mm. and ended up getting in the show. I was a swing and assistant to the choreographer who was Michael Peters, oh. and that was that was kind of like the changing point of my whole life, mm-hmm. working next to Michael Bennett, Michael Peters, Bob oh. Avian, um, you know, Paul Gimignotti and uh, Henry Krieger, Tom, Tom Ian. And because of my, my position of being swing dancer and, and assistant to the choreographer, I was privy to a lot of, you know, stuff that went on before rehearsals, after rehearsals, things like that. So I, I learned even more Mm-hmm. During that period, we did our out of town run and and just so many changes and came back in. We we knew we had a good show, but we didn't know to to the extent that Dreamgirls really hit Broadway. You know, so and, and that was with the original cast. 
Original cast. Yeah. Very first cast. Yeah. Jennifer, Cheryl, uh, Loretta, Debbie Burrell, Oba Babatunde. Oba. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Bondi Curtis Hall. Yeah. All those guys I know. Yeah. 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 All of them. It was it was amazing. We were all so young and just ready for the world, you know. Um, so yeah, so then I did that. When mm-hmm. that closed, I went on the road with it. It was the first international company that went out and we went mm-hmm. to Japan and Paris and, you know, toward the United States. Um, we were supposed to go to London and then some kind of strike happened in London. So they diverted us and we came back to the States. Mm-hmm. And after that, I did Cats and I played Demeter, the the scared cat. I did did that for about maybe almost two years on Broadway. I perhaps saw you, but didn't know it was you. It's possible. It's possible. Um, I kind of, my first day on there, that that show was so difficult to do as a dancer. And my Mm -hmm. first day on, you know, you've got all that makeup on, you're wearing yak hair and and a bodysuit, a nylon bodysuit. I came back at at intermission. I was like, I'm out of here. I can't <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't do this. I can't. But I stayed almost two years. But it was a, a hard, drooling show. So but I did that. Let me see now. Chronologically, after that, I did. I think after that, I did Legs Diamond mm-hmm. with Peter Allen. We lasted, I think, three weeks, maybe a month, maybe. Um, it was a beautiful show. And literally, they just did at, at Lincoln Center, they just did a whole thing on the, the costumer Willa Kim. They did a they just did a whole presentation of her costumes and all of our costumes were there. And so mm-hmm. I just did that the other night. Um, and then after that, I did Jelly's Last Jam with Gregory Hines and all of those. And G Keith, I mean um Keith David, who we Keith were David. talking about earlier. Yeah him and um, Savion Glover and Ken Art and Adrian Bailey. It was a, another whole group of us. Um, then after that, oh, before that, I got, um, I did a TV show in Rome. We did? The, yes, it was called Teatro Otto. And that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then I did Smokey Joe's Cafe, which was my claim to fame because that's where I got my Tony nomination. And we won the Grammy Award for Best Cast Album. Uh, and it was my job to make sure that people got into the theater because they hired me to do the voiceover yes. for the uh, for Smokey Joe's Cafe. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I should have gotten a Tony, too. I mean, since... Uh, you should have. I mean, yeah. I was part of it. Was part yeah, of it. you know. All right. Next time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was my claim to fame. We did that for four years. That was amazing. We were the talk of the town and we got really bad reviews, but (laughs) we got horrible reviews. And for our first year uh, anniversary, our producers got us posters that had all of our pictures on it and with all the horrible quotes that really uh, <laughs> it was the best gift we had all these horrible quotes don't go see it it's a waste of time it's a, you know, <laughs> and four years later we were still there still going strong you know um and then after that what did i do um, I don't think I did any Broadway shows after that until I got Chicago, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, I did Velma. I played Velma on. It was right after the movie came out. Chicago. Ah, okay. 
So they wanted to launch another uh, road company, uh, um, international and national company. And so they hired myself and a wonderful young lady called, uh, her name was um, Bianca Marroquin. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like the Latin black version of (laughs) (laughs) But it was a great show and we went on the road and then we came back to Broadway. And I did that show from about 2003 till about 2011, 12, off and on. Really? On the road, come back, back to Broadway, on the road. Um, And then recently I just went back in as Mama Morton. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm one of the few who have come back to do a different role in the same show. B.B. Newworth did uh, three roles. She did Velma, Roxy and Mama. Gee, but, um, wow. She's a good friend of mine, too. So and then we were talking about you and I talking about B. Braxton's because I open in Harlem. B. Braxton, exceptional grooming for exceptional men. And that's where I used to go get my hair cut. In <laughs> fact, I was minding my own business on oh. the on, on social media uh-huh. and, and i happened to see this woman who who made a, a post or a comment asking me to come in and get her hair cut as a gift oh, and i said well, who is yeah. this woman because uh, i i did not know i wasn't familiar with your history mm-hmm. and but i saw this beautiful woman asking me to come get a haircut so i said oh okay and so that's where it was at B. Braxton's. And and B, give the tagline for B. Braxton's. Exceptional grooming for exceptional men. I thought I was exceptional. You were very exceptional. And I appreciated you because you were one of our regulars. You yes. know, and it was hard for us. It was hard. I think we were, we were just ahead of our time because um, it was hard to get the community on board with us. It took, it took at least a year to get the community on board. First of all, they didn't believe that my then husband and I owned B. Braxton's, mm. that couple. Um, and it was so upscale and luxurious, you know, marble and, and wood and the bar area and all of that. And you you, you sit in the chair and you put a, a warm towel Hot on towel, your face. Hey, Hot yeah. towel. Yep, yep, yep. So it was hard for us for a while. And unfortunately, we did have to close. But fingers crossed, we'll be coming. Well, I'll be coming back with it soon. So we'll see what happens. Fantastic. Hey, I'm still exceptional. So maybe I'll. You'll have to come back. I'll have to come back, you know. Uh, But (laughs) so, all right. So then uh, B. Braxton closed. And then you decided that it was time for Act Two. Yes. And what was that about? Well, Act Two came about because in our business, well, in, in, a, in many businesses, when women become a certain age, it's almost like we become the forgotten woman. You know, they, they don't call us as often. We still might be able to do the same job. We might look a little more mature or whatever, but you, the, the calls stop. And so when I turned 50, I was like, wow, now what? And my then agent, I was like, okay, I don't really look 50 right now. This was, we're talking 16 years ago. Cause I'll be 67 this, this year. You don't really look, you don't look at, uh, I'll tell you. Thank you. But back then I was like, but I can still go up for at least 40 year olds. And he was like, yeah, but you're 50. And, and I was like, okay, your time is up. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of time, we've got 10 seconds left before a break. Why don't we take a break okay. and we'll come back and finish Absolutely. this particular story. Ladies and gentlemen, you're with uh, Miss B. Braxton on What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be right back.
Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment. And health and wellness. Harlem America. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kimber. Uh, we are with Miss Lady Brenda Braxton from Broadway and TV, and and she's in the middle of telling us about her act two, and then we're going to talk some about her television uh, performances. So, uh, Brenda, pick it up uh, from where you left off, please. Okay, so turning 50 and realizing that theater and and folks just, they, they see you a different way as a woman when you turn 50. So in around 2015, 2000 yeah 2015 um you know in this business that you have ups and downs and I was at one of my down periods I had closed B Braxton's I was trying to figure out where I was going to land I had no money I had nothing I got a job um with Norwegian Cruise Lines someone called up and said uh they're getting ready to do After Midnight I think you would be a wonderful star singer and it literally came at a time when I was at my lowest I literally went to my costume fitting with a bag of change in order to get back home. So I had to go to the bank and, and you know do all of that. But I kind of felt like that was my turning point and that was my act two for my life. So it was mm-hmm. act two, now what? So before I left town to, to, to go on the cruise ship, I did a seminar for women of a certain age and it was called Act Two, Now What? And it was the most amazing time because so many women just don't know what they're going to do in their Act Two when things start to shift. Either you're divorced or you're still married, but the kids are out of the house. And so now what? Now what do you do? So the, the seminar was about okay, let's just all take our first step. Whatever our first step is going to be, let's just do that. And it was just kind of a, a just a wonderful time. But then I couldn't do it again because I went on the cruise ship. Um, oh God, and that's a whole nother ministry in itself. We did, <laughs> <laughs> we did the crossing from, um, from England to Miami 
Woo! It was like 10 days straight. That was, yeah, that was a whole nother ministry. But that was what I called my act to now what? And um, I'm picking that up again. I did uh, a, a cabaret called Act Two Now What Too, but mm. I, I talked about my life and how I got to the point of trying to reinvent myself and and stay relevant. And and that's why you see so much of my shenanigans on <laughs> Facebook and, and Instagram. And as you said, you said, I remind you of Lucille Ball. She was one of my favorite favorites. So all of my shenanigans are just literally that shenanigans of what I think of in the morning and how I think of life and growing older and getting wrinkles and trying not to get wrinkles and things like that. So the that's one that the one that really cracked me up is when you did the uh the takeoff on Vegemita oh, Vegemita Vegemites Lucy mine was called ABC C B D oil. Yeah. <laughs> the thing was, you know, I, I said that I was the new spokesperson for it. Mm-hmm. And so I kept doing, you know, I kept doing take after take. And I didn't realize that my C B D oil had the what's the 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 THC. Yes, had that <laughs> by the time I finished <laughs> <laughs> explaining what ABC CBD oil was, I was like sucking on the dropper and all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> and that was a takeoff of vitamin and vitamin. So that's where I have been lately. I I try not to do any po- politics because mm-hmm. that just makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. But I want people to laugh. I want people to still have a, a, a light heart, and and I don't mind acting silly and and you know i've noticed yes (laughs) (laughs) if that means it makes someone smile you know you are completely uninhibited completely uninhibited yes completely oh yeah you know and i think also what happened back then was I, I always always call myself a showgirl from way back. You know, I love the makeup. I love the lashes. I love all that kind of stuff. And a friend of mine said to me, well, if you're going to try and show your authentic self and who you really are, you should do something without makeup. And I was like, what? No makeup? What? But I ended up doing that. That's and right. it was, yes, it was very freeing because now I am who I am. You know, of course, today I have my makeup on, but to uh, for a woman of a certain age to allow people to see who she is without her makeup, without the lashes, without all of that, that's a big step. That's a big step for a lot of people. And I felt like in order for me to preach to the choir or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to be my most authentic self. So you also saw the video I did with me taking all of my makeup off. I certainly did. Yeah. So, you know, that that's where I am now. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, you have been, most recently, you were on uh, The Good Fight on CBS. Uh, Tell us about that. Oh, my goodness. Again, you never know where your career is going to take you. I went in just for two lines. And four seasons later, (laughs) with a name and being one of the partners and causing controversy. I mean, one of my main things was you can't have a white uh, partner for a black firm. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't name partner for a black firm. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was always the one, Madeline Guilford was always the one going, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. No, no, we're not going to do that. We can't have that. (laughs) 
But that was an amazing kind of um, experience because being a Broadway performer, mm -hmm. a lot of times they don't call the Broadway performers to do television. But the because good because the Broadway performer is too broad, broad and, exactly. and television is really kind of intimate really and close. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But that show had all of the Broadway people on, from Christine Bransky to Audra McDonald. They mm -hmm. had Wayne Brady. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just a lot of theater people. So it it was it was a wonderful experience, really, really wonderful. And I learned as I went along. That's another thing. Oh, really? A lot of folks don't do because I was a Broadway performer. Mm -hmm. I would watch. Delroy Lindo and Audra and in their scenes and and like you say how small it was and intimate mm -hmm. and just a little you know me I've got 113 teeth so <laughs> it was a <laughs> to be <laughs> just be a little smaller and a little yeah but it was great it was great and unfortunately our sixth season was our last one. Oh really yeah oh you don't think they're going to do a Brenda Braxton spinoff you know, it would be a beautiful thing, but I don't think they're going to do. But they they mentioned doing an all woman's firm. So Christine Baranski left to head up a firm and everyone thinks it's an all woman's firm. It's still. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Never know. You, you, you never know. And, and, and recently I saw a clip of you telling some uh, young ladies off. It was a film. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and the the, the film is uh, Girls Getaway Gone gone Wrong. I, even, I always want to say Gone Wild, but that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother movie. Uh, mm -hmm. Girls Getaway Gone Wrong 2, because they had one before this one. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did and, that. And, and yeah. what, what did you play in that? I played almost like a... Um, Devil Wears Prada kind of character because she was the editor of a magazine, but she was mm -hmm. like very shishi poo poo caca, you know, <laughs> very pulled up. And these three girls come into town for Fashion Week, and I'm like, why are you here? What do you, what, what? But it's a murder mystery, so. I see. Well, uh, we're going to talk about your performance coming up in March. But before we do that, because uh, I want people to know that, you know, just hang on. You're going to hear more about Brenda and how her performance will be uh, uh, coming up real soon. So you'll be able to catch her. Uh, the uh, Tell us about the foundation that you started for young ladies. Ah, Leading Ladies Just for Teens. Yeah. While I was doing Smokey Joe's Cafe, um, I got the idea of leading ladies coming in and speaking to young girls, you know, at risk girls. Mm -hmm. um, and so my producers for Smokey Joe's Cafe were just, they were wonderful. So they allowed me to use the lobby of the theater. Mm -hmm. So the girls would come in, I would talk to them. I'd put my show makeup on while I spoke to them. And one of the main questions I asked them was in a perfect world, what would you do? And you'd be surprised the dreams that these young girls had, but didn't know exactly how to get there. It was almost like the opposite of women of a certain age trying to figure out how to, to do their next step. And then these young girls trying to figure out how their life is going to go. So mm -hmm. they would they would watch the show and then they would meet um, the women who worked backstage, we had a lot of tech technicians backstage who were females. Mm -hmm. And um, I would try to uh, get them internships with what they 
thought they might want to do in the future. Like one girl one thought she wanted to be a veterinarian. So I got her an internship at the vet that I used for my dog back then. And then one girl, they, everyone said, she does numbers so well. She's like, she's brilliant with numbers. So she did a little internship with our company manager to, you know, to learn what the backstage numbers are and things like that. Um, and so I did it during Smokey Joe's Cafe. And then we closed and I didn't have a way to continue doing it. I couldn't set it up because I needed to find another job. So I couldn't set it up. Uh, and so it kind of just fell by the wayside but um it was good we had we had some some nice um girls that that went on to to be successful you know one girl that she was so great i even put her in my wedding because i stayed in contact with her you know and helped mm -hmm. her through and so and i'm still in contact with her so yeah and oh then uh, i'm sorry go ahead continue my light is dying i'm gonna plug it in real quick um what else well, uh, you you uh, you have this book. Oh yes, yes, yes. And 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 this book is uh, about etiquette, but it's not yes. the etiquette that uh, you know folks with knives and forks necessarily uh, <laughs> have to know about. No. It's, the, it's the backstage etiquette. Tell us uh, about that. Okay, so nowadays it's a whole nother kind of. I'm going to turn around so I get a little more light. Mm -hmm. It's a whole another kind of ministry, as I always say nowadays. So much of the time, um, theater people come out of school thinking that's it. You know, they 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 have arrived, and they don't know just the little things that go on backstage, like how to treat your dresser, how to treat the stage hands, the stage manager, how to treat each other, how to be in the dressing room with other people. You can't do certain things. You can't, there were, there were times when you couldn't warm up, like vocally, you could not warm up in your dressing room. If you were not vocally warm by half hour, then you're not warmed up, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. You're supposed mm -hmm. to come in warmed up and ready to go. Um, so the book is about just that. It's about what to do backstage. Don't touch the props. Don't move the props from where the props are. Don't alter your costumes. Don't uh, um, don't call in sick for just any old little thing. You're there to do a job. You're there for mainly two and a half hours to work. Come in on time, ready to, to you know, ready to, to rock and roll. Know how to treat each other. Know how to talk to your stage manager, your company manager, the musicians, even down to the person who cleans your dressing room. You know, we used to tip our, our dressing room cleaners. Um, and I don't know if people do that anymore. Mm. And, and I started this book because I was doing a show in, um, I was doing The Wiz, actually, in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I was sharing the dressing room with the young girl who was playing Dorothy. And there's a, a, a tradition that you tip your dressers as well. The, the mm -hmm. person who helps you with your costumes, you know, put them on and off. And um, and so I asked, her, I said, well, do you want to do separate tips or do you want to do it together? And she didn't really know what I was talking about, even the tradition of tipping the dressers. So I was like, wow, there's a lot of little things that just are not taught in school. So that's how I came up with the little black book of backstage etiquette. <laughs> the little yeah, black book quotes of... from people, you know. Yeah. Nice, nice. And so where can our uh, listeners and viewers uh, purchase that book? 
It's on Amazon. It's $10. It's a, a thin book. It's a, a small book, but it's got some great things. It has a glossary in the back to, you know, certain uh, slang things that, that uh, you know, that goes on backstage. So it's really cute. Are you, um, oh, yes, there it is. Uh, <laughs> might as well show it, you know. Uh, might as well show it. You know, I, I have some Broadway experience uh, that I don't, uh, you know, discuss much. Uh, uh, but uh, you, you received uh, the Josephine Baker Award. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked with Josephine Baker. Uh, I Yes, I did a week on Broadway at the Palace Theater. Uh, with oh. uh, with Josephine, I was her master of ceremonies for that week. What? Yes, and it was amazing to be able to see this legendary woman work, even though she was like maybe close to eighty, if not, you know, a little older. And the lavish costuming, and and yes. and, and the way she worked the audience, oh. and uh, she had this, these two big Afghan white Afghan dogs, and. Oh. I mean, it was it was amazing, that. and I was in I was in tuxedo, top hat, and the whole bit. Yes. You know. uh, oh, so, so that was my my debut on wow. Broadway, and wow. uh, I, I think I was at WBLS at the time, and I had just done a week at the Apollo Theater as the MC there with Temptations and Spinners, and lo and behold, I don't know how the Needlanders found me, but they called oh, me and asked me to. Uh, to, to to be the MC. So anyway, so we have something in common. Uh, oh, wait, yes, bro. I, I didn't know anything about tipping the dresser or, yeah. <laughs> or, or tipping anybody. I, I, you know, uh -huh. you, you know. Wow, that's awesome. But yeah, you know, it, we just we don't have that anymore. And and as I was saying earlier as well, you know, the sex appeal that didn't show everything, the kind of you know, learning, not learning, but knowing how to flirt and, and just not just show everything you have and some more. Some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, why don't we take this uh, quick break and uh, please uh, stay with us. Uh, don't forget to go to HarlemAmerica.com for our articles, our podcasts and our TV shows and much more. I'm G. Keith Alexander. We're with the uh, lovely and talented and funny uh, <laughs> Miss Brenda Braxton. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business, making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem America.
the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. All right. Uh, thank you there, Kevin Brene. Uh, we are... Uh having a great time here with my friend Brenda Braxton and uh, Brenda may uh, one day soon open up the uh, B Braxton grooming for men for exceptional. Reopen. Yes. Reopen. So, reopen. I'm sorry. Yes. Reopen. Yes. That's yes. right. Okay. <laughs> so Brenda, um, do you have any regrets, anything that you had to give up to become the B Braxton that you are today? What did I give up? I don't know. I don't think I I gave up anything. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day because I don't have any children. And I I wanted children at one point. But I, I don't feel like I regret not having children. I feel like I've had a full life. I feel like I've met amazing people you know, yourself included. Well, thank you. Uh, yes. You know, because we had a nice time at B. Braxton sitting and talking and, you know. Yes. Um, flirting, of course. But uh, well, you're good at that, yes. Okay. I'm very good at that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Here I am alone at home. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. It's all- <laughs> I know what God has someone for me. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't regret anything. I don't. I I know I could have probably learned more, taken more more risks, maybe, you know, because I, I feel like growing up when I did, I had a lot of that um, black girl kind of, ooh, should I do this? I don't think I should do this. I got maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll go up for this, and you know. So there are a few things like that that I wish I had gone up for more you know, like major roles earlier in my career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was a dancer. I started out as a dancer, you know, in the in the ensemble. But I wish I had taken more chances that way. But I, it's not that I regret it. I feel like we are where we are because that's where we're supposed to be at that time. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, taking chances and learning. And I do go up for more things now. Like doing my my own show, my one woman show, and stuff like that. Well, l- let's talk about the one woman show after I ask you this question. Mm-hmm. As a dancer, mm-hmm. do you have any aches and pains? Oh my god! Oh, right now I'm in so much pain. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, that's I look at some of these dancers now, what they're doing to themselves and their bodies and having but wanting to have such a stretch and such a this and such a that. And it's going to catch up with them right now. I've got lower back pain. My knees hurt. Uh, my hips hurt. It's it, it, my sciatic has, has started, you know, aching and and it's hard to put pants on sometimes. And I don't think. 
I don't think people realize the toll that it has taken on a lot of, of dancers from back then. So I'm trying to figure out holistically what I should do. You know, I try to do chiropractor and stuff like that, but it's literally just wear and tear on your body. You know, we only have one body and, and some of us didn't really take care of them the way we should have. But if you had a musical come to you tomorrow and say, we want you, you, you jump into that musical and, and forget about the pain. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like we were supposed to do, um, the, the uh, Nutcracker, the um, Strayhorn, Ellington Strayhorn Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I would do a, a choreographed number. And, and at that time, I was like, sure, yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm like, ooh, maybe it's good <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> but the beauty, though, is if I did do another musical right now, they would respect what this body does now. Mm-hmm, Most mm-hmm. choreographers what, will respect what I can do now. They would not make me try to do more than this body can do right now. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so, uh-huh. so for, for those uh, listeners and viewers who are not as familiar with you, or for, even for some of your fans, uh, can they go to YouTube and see some of your dancing and, and performing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Tell, tell them where to go. They can go to, you can pull it up on YouTube if you go to the specific show that you want to see. And sometimes you can put my name in and it'll pull up certain things like Smokey Joe's. You can always find stuff with Smokey Joe's. Um, there is, there's a video of me and cats. It was the Jerry Lewis telethon. And they have the whole number of uh, Ballerina and Demita McCavity, the McCavity number. You can see that. You can mm. see oh, f- a funny little story. So in Jelly's Last Gem, I don't tap. <clears throat> and I did that on purpose because I was like, I'm not going to be one of the black girls that tap. I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> Thank you, but no. And so when I got Jelly's Last Gem, you know, that everybody had to tap. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember in rehearsal, I was standing in the back like, because they knew I did not tap, but they hired me anyway. Mm-hmm. And I remember Gregory came back there and he was like, B, just try just a couple of little steps. I was like, nope, nope. And he was like, B, come on, just let me show you a little bit of something. And I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> and sure enough, if you watch the Tony Awards, mm-hmm. there's a number where everyone is tapping and I'm sitting on top of the piano like this. so that's that's funny uh you just you brought something to mind when you said jerry lewis telethons i i i was a co-host on there one year Mm -hmm. uh that was very interesting being uh on the same show with jerry lewis the guy you grew up crazy guy you know oh my god oh yeah. Incredible. Hey, lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and nutty professor and all that yeah. stuff. That, yeah, he, yep. he did. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, this is wonderful. You um, are going to be, uh, you have a performance. Yes. <coughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. In March 6th. Uh, yes. But it's, a, it, it's not just a performance. I mean, it's a show. Tell us about that. Okay, so I am a big fan of the Johnny Carson show. I love mm-hmm. old stuff. 
big fan. He was just brilliant. He and Ed McMahon and the way his show just ran so smoothly and so um, off the cuff and, and I, I'm sure some of it wasn't scripted. It was just him improving, which I love doing. I love sort of like this show. Yeah, exactly. But I love improv. So I'm doing what I'm calling a cabaret talk show. And it's called Stars Tonight, kind of like The Tonight Show, but Stars Tonight with Brenda Braxton. And it's at Green Room 42 on 42nd Street and 10th Avenue at the, I think it's called the No, No, No Votel Hotel, something like that. It's the mm-hmm. second floor. But I'm mixing cabaret with a talk show. So my first guest is B.B. Newworth. Lilith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're going to we're going to try it's It's the first one. We're going to try and marry the talk show with Cabaret. So I'll do some singing and then I'll go over to the side and talk with BB. And my friend Allison Williams Foster is my Ed McMahon. Mm, Works so well together. She's like my straight guy to my shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll do some more songs and and have uh, video commercials. I will show. ABC CBD oil. All right. <laughs> <laughs> with you start with you starring in that commercial. It's gonna be the one that you saw on the online. It's oh, okay. Be the one. All right. And um, I have another commercial that's kind of uh, what I talk about in my book about being in a dressing room with someone who is spraying stuff all over the place, and mm-hmm. you're trying to put your makeup on and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a surprise guest. It's me in the year 2040, still doing Don Juan. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Don Juan was my, one of my big numbers in Smokey Joe's Cafe. And, uh, so, but yeah, so it should be a fun evening. Again, it's all improv and, and we're just going to see how it goes. And the date again? March 6th. Uh, seven o'clock, Green Room 42. And you can go online and, and find the link for tickets. It's also going to be streaming. So you can go mm-hmm. online to their website, Green The Green Room 42, and buy a ticket to, to stream it as well. So Fantastic. Uh, wow. Uh, and just for those people who might be wondering if they can afford it, uh, how much are tickets? Um, I think tickets to see, to watch in person, I think, are like thirty five dollars, mm-hmm. and streaming might be twenty dollars, something mm-hmm. like that. And portions of the proceeds are going to the Asher House, which is kind of like an animal sanctuary that I look at online all the time because it really it warms my cockles. I still have cockles. It warms my cockles, <laughs> <laughs> and their cockles are. <laughs> years ago and so it warms the the asher house just warms my cockles and it's run by lee asher Mm -hmm. and so i'm going to donate a a portion of the proceeds to the asher house for that so that's beautiful that that's uh fantastic so uh is there anything that we may have left out or did not discuss that uh you would like to uh mention anything you want to tell aspiring uh broadway performers Oh, um, I think we covered pretty much everything. But what I would like to share for Broadway performers is keep a bit of humility. You know, you don't know everything. Hell, I don't know everything at my age. So 
you're you're never too old to learn to learn something new stay respectful of everyone that you work with because it's so funny the person who gave me or recommended me for the job for Norwegian Cruise Line was in the chorus of Chicago when mm. I was starring as Velma Kelly. And, you know, some people think, oh, I'm a principal. Those are the chorus people that no, we are all there performing. We are all putting costumes on. Yeah, we might get a better salary, maybe, <laughs> but we are all there. We are all there to respect each other and just go for it. Go for whatever it is that you want, but be respectful of everybody's process. We've got uh, maybe about three minutes left. Uh, real quickly, uh, very succinctly, what is life like aboard a cruise liner for three months? It's hard. My first contract was seven months. Wow. So it's hard. It's very hard. It was a little easier for me because I was uh, the star of the 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 show, but I was also the guest entertainer. So I had a better cabin. I had, you know, guest privileges. I had all of that. But for the, the um, like the ensemble of the show, they don't have, they don't necessarily have guest privileges and you're in sometimes in like the bowels. Of Near the boiler room. <laughs> yeah, they, sometimes you're down there. And it, it can be very difficult. It just can be very difficult because we're, we go by maritime law. Mm -hmm. So maritime law was completely different from Broadway, from off-Broadway, from TV, from anything, because you couldn't do certain things and you had to take security, not security, safety lessons and things like that. And a lot of it I didn't have to do because my contract was different. Like they tried to get me to turn over a life raft. Okay, GT. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you want me to do what? <laughs> and, and, uh, because I had to get my one of the main things was I had to get my own insurance so I'm like my insurance does not cover that mm. so <laughs> wow you know yeah well, you know, it, it, it would behoove you to learn how to turn over a life raft because if anything ever happened there's no way you could drink all of that water well but you know what I would be in the life raft with the passengers See, that was not a life raft with the passengers. The life raft with the little the little go boat that goes on the side of the boat. Mm -hmm. I would be right there with my purse. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, who? Yeah, I'm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. I'm not. I'm not helping no one. <laughs> well, Brenda, this has been uh, wonderful catching up with you uh, yes. again, and uh, <laughs> you're you're a fun lady, and uh, we look forward to more shenanigans. Tell people where they go to get the shenanigans, real quick. Okay, B Braxton Act Two on Instagram, Brenda Braxton on Facebook, and B Braxton Act Two on Twitter. But I do a lot more on Instagram than any other platform. Fantastic. Well, hey. Thank you so very, very much for making the time. And uh, I want you to know that uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you in March, uh, yes. March 6th, that is. Yes. And uh, you have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you walked a mile in his or her shoes. And remember, Philip family, life is tough, but hey, you're tougher. I'm G. Keith Alexander yes. on Harlem America. Thank you so much. See you next Friday. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.